You're listening to Extra Takes, hosted by Northland Church lead pastor, Dr. Joshua Laxton. Tune in each week as Pastor Josh reveals the rest of the story behind his sermons. We'll discuss how those who follow Christ can live out a biblical vision for the church in the world today. Well, hello, Northland family and friends. Welcome to another episode of Extra Takes. And we are live on location in the Bogota, Colombia airport. Mm. We are here with Pastor Gus and PJ. And we're going to have a fun one today. Hola. I was speaking English. <laughs> Good for you guys. But we're in Colombia. But it is it is funny because we're on our way to Brazil. We are. And they speak Portuguese. Yes. And so I'm we're trying really to figure confused. out what language. Well, I barely yeah. can speak English. So and well, it was so funny because I was saying Bogota. Bogota or Bo- no what Bogota. Bogota. I was I guess somebody came and corrected me. <laughs> Bogota. He's so. already been corrected. But we are in the uh the Avianca Lounge and uh we are on our way to our partner in uh Manaus IPM. We're excited for a week of training and their missions conference and um I'm sure you'll be hearing more about that. But this weekend we are we're excited to look back at this weekend, another really good, um, hard-hitting Heart, message, yeah. right? Yeah, I, it's like we were talking earlier. I didn't really think when we started the series that it would be as hard-hitting as it is. But as as you get into it and you're talking about the Christian faith mm-hmm. from the Bible, yes. like it, yeah. it, it, it's just a serious matter. Mm. Now... You know, not to get ahead, but you know, when I get back, we're going to look at the role really of pain, suffering, stress, tension on your body, and how that actually is helping you in your endurance, mm-hmm. and how God's going to use that. And mm-hmm. so, I, I think that will won't necessarily be hard hitting; it will be heavy, but I think it will be a, a huge encouragement to people. But nevertheless, the first three messages in this series—I mean, basically come out come out swinging. Yeah, the the first two were that way, and uh, and this weekend was similar. We were talking about training. It was August 26th and 27th, and we're in 1 Timothy 4. So let me give you the main point and, uh, and the outline, and we'll just kind of go from there. Um, so the main point you said, discipline the dues that go towards the goal. Keep it down over there. Discipline the dues that go towards the goal. And another way to say it is to go the distance, you need persistence. And really, we we had these five do's. It was these five needs we need to persist to go the distance. Um, and let me read those for us. Do you have a plan? Mm-hmm. You need a plan. Do you know your priorities? You need to prioritize. Do you show up with power? You need to show up with power. Do you see progress? You need to chart your progress. And finally, do you have the right perspective? You need to keep a certain perspective. Hmm. Yeah, I try to, when I'm doing those particular points, I, I try to mirror basically the main point that I said in two different ways, right? Discipline to do. So yeah. do, you yes. have a plan, right? Yes. And then to go the distance, you need persistence. So you need a persistent plan Correct. you need a persistent priority mm. you need persistent power you need persistent progress you need persistent perspective basically is what it was getting at mm-hmm. and because this persistence means it's an ongoing action mm-hmm. because it, it's not enough just to have one you know like have a plan for a season of no, this the christian life is this is your plan this is your plan for the rest of your days mm-hmm. and you know when you think of it that way it, it might be a little overwhelming because I really, actually, I think back to my Ironman training. It was 18 months because of where I started to where yeah. I needed to be. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's a little overwhelming, but but that's going to be my plan yeah. for the for eight, uh, you know, for almost a year and a half of my life, right? So, so this plan that you have as a Christian, it is for the rest of your rest life. Of yeah. I mean, so, and you have to persist in it. Yeah, and we've used this this word before, uh, sobering. In previous messages, and in and in that way, I think the the piece of persistence is why this is so sobering. Because um, in in so hard hitting in terms of um, it's it's personal, and it's something that um, in all of these areas, um, at one 
point in our lives we were probably um, doing um, maybe well or at various levels, but uh, we might be finding ourselves um, at a place where it's just really convicting. Um, maybe one of those points, all five of those points, because of um, maybe maybe the busyness of life or us falling away a little bit or just personal challenges. There's just a, a so, lot that goes on. So think about it this way. And I didn't even it didn't even really dawn on me as I was preparing, but it definitely is coming up to the the top as I think about it now. Is in some sense our bodies mm-hmm. are not built to go the distance. Mm-hmm. And let me explain. So from the Christian perspective, we are born a sinner. So by our very nature, we are sinful. So now when we, when we have been transferred from the domain of darkness into his glorious light, when uh, we have been converted and now we have been given a new nature, we are still struggling with this old nature. Uh, until we until we get to the other side, right? Mm. So so we have all of these things that are working against us, mm. just like an Iron Man training for an Iron Man. You have all of these things working against you because they say that you have to put in you know twelve to fifteen hours a week just to train. Mm. Well, so if you if you're working, you know, again, you go back to the time inventory, right? Yeah. So if you're sleeping seven to eight hours, if you're working forty to fifty hours a week, and then you go to the sixty-two hours that you have left, yeah. and you start filling in that gap, yeah. I mean, you got a lot of things going against you, and then sometimes you might get sick. You have that going against you. You might have to travel. You got that going against you. Mm-hmm. So you have all of these things, in some sense, going against you. Mm-hmm. That could be obstacles that could hinder you, which goes back to Hebrews twelve: lay aside everything that hinders the mm-hmm. sin that so easily entangles. Mm-hmm. So, but but going back to this idea of the Christian faith and endurance in the Christian faith. The, the, in some sense, the deck is stacked up against us. Mm-hmm. But praise be to God, we have something in inside of us yeah. that Amen. can overcome the stack. Amen. But just know that, yes, we don't think it. And that's why sometimes when you think about how some people communicate the gospel, it can almost be this easy believism. That, hey, just repent of your sin and, and Jesus will save you. And then and, and then leave it at that. No, no, no. You, you, I just want you to know that when you repent of your sin mm-hmm. and you profess Jesus Christ as King and Savior, you've literally entered into the race mm-hmm. of faith. Mm-hmm. And it's not just a race. No, mm-hmm. it is the race and it's the most important race. It's the most important thing in your life is your faith. Mm-hmm. Because it cost Jesus his life to purchase Mm-hmm. So, so, but, but just the deck is stacked against you. Mm-hmm. So you have to think about that. So, which is why this particular message is so important because you have to train, mm-hmm. you have to discipline. Like sometimes you're not going to feel like it, but you've got to discipline. Uh, sometimes you don't want to carry on. You've got to be persistent. I mean, so that's another way to really mm-hmm. kind of capture the heaviness of training for the Christian faith, and 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 that's why I'm I'm grateful that the Lord led us to this series mm-hmm. because I'm thinking about it in ways that I've never thought about it before, mm. and and it's helpful for me. Uh, it is something that I think we ought to turn into not just a, a a sermon series. I think we ought to turn it into just more than a sermon series to have a a longer shelf life because I just don't hear about this a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Pastor Josh, what I took from this message, the title alone to talk about training, but you really went to the manual that God has given us for training. So when I knew you were going to use that scripture, ah, he preached on it before, but it was a brand new message Mm. because you focused this on training as an iron man for iron faith. So using the text, it came right out of that, that, this is why we need persistence. Mm. This is how we can go the distance. So yes, you said the body that God has given to us will fail. But in the Christian life, if we follow this plan, if we follow this training, we're training for eternity. Because yeah. we'll finish it someday. So using the scripture and building around that mm. makes it know that the faith can go the distance. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because sometimes I don't, I don't mind preaching the same text. That's one of the things I actually love about Christmas time is that <laughs> I, I get to preach in some sense the same text, yes. but yeah. from a different perspective. Yeah. Exactly. 
So one of the things I teach uh, leaders when you're looking at the word is that the word is like a diamond. And, well, and funny that I use diamond in this series. <laughs> in the beginning. <laughs> so the diamond of your life and that the word is the diamond. Yes. And you can actually see different aspects mm-hmm. of, of the diamond and the beauty of the diamond when you look at it from different, but it's, but it's still the diamond that you're looking at. Yeah. And so scripture is the same way mm-hmm. is that, yes, there is a, a original intent, intent that the author had when he wrote it, but there are ways that we can look at it differently and also apply them to our life. And so, so this way so when I go back to even what I talked about in January, it was called the God bod. Mm-hmm. Well, here I'm talking about training. So it, it's it's saying, sure. yeah. but but I but I broke it down differently to yes. try to stress some different things that were in the text. Mm-hmm. And so when I look, so I, I had written basically the framework of this message, and then I went back to the God bod and I go because oh, I don't want to make sure I'm. I wanted to make sure I wasn't repeating myself, sure, and it was yeah. different. Yeah, and I'm like, ah, I love it. Yeah. you know, because it just shows that God gave me something fresh. For this particular week, as we talked about training, and but also I added additional passages in there to pull mm-hmm. from because there's so many passages on endurance, and you know there's even more passages that I could have even pulled out, but you know I'm sure we will in the series. But in terms of training, discipline, and persistence, these were uh, these were the important passages to point out. Yeah, that's great. And um, and you started before we get into those those five do's. You started with this um, this ten thousand hour rule. Yeah. Right. And um, and interestingly, you said just doing something for ten thousand hours doesn't make you an expert. Um, you said to master it, you must endure in it. So you, can you talk a little bit more about um, what you've learned that? It's probably not a a new concept to you. So as you've, um, you know, used it with this message, what are some of the things that you've learned about that 10,000-hour rule and and what it takes to become an expert? Yeah. Well, I mean, I did learn. I went back to uh, the book Outliers and read Mm -hmm. that kind of section again. And it actually was a term or a concept that was created by psychologist K. Anders Erickson. Mm. So he did the research on this, and then after Outliers came out, he actually came out with a little bit more deeper understanding of what he was getting at, Mm -hmm. and he wrote a book called Peak, P-E-A-K, so like kind of peak performance, and the subtitle was Secrets from the New Science of Expertise. And so we just went through more of the kind of the elements, which which I would say were kind of in what I would have at least said from the ten hour ten thousand hour rule, mm-hmm. is that yeah, I mean there there has to be this mastery of fundamentals, but there's purposeful practicing, mm-hmm. deliberate practicing that you need goals, mm-hmm. you need feedback, uh, you need to improve, fix like, and and for me I also think about golf because I really do love golf. Played in high school, I actually played college golf and i mean yeah if you're gonna master golf i mean it, it's not just ten thousand hours of playing no. around you know no. rounds of golf mm-hmm. like no you you're you're gonna have to hit balls you know non-stop mm-hmm. uh if you you know if if you can you you need a coach to kind of help look at your swing look at the fundamentals look what you know because mm-hmm. it's such a repetitive sport uh, but it's a sport of just inches and centimeters, mm-hmm. and so that, that you know, so that's where there's this purposeful, deliberate practicing, and to really apply that to the realm of the Christian life, I think is huge because part of this idea of feedback and improvement is what we call discipleship sure. and accountability. Mm-hmm. Like, how, well, like, how do you think I'm doing, guys? Like, you know, that's why I ask the staff. How do you think I'm leading you? So when we have our evaluations, mm-hmm. Gus, you know, I said, you know. I, how am I leading you? Mm-hmm. Like, how can I improve? Yeah. You know, yes, be, because I, I want you to speak into my life. Mm-hmm. Why? Because I'm I'm training, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm hoping that I'm getting better as a husband. I hope I'm getting better as a dad. I hope I'm getting better as a pastor, as a leader. Mm-hmm. So that's where I think the 10,000 hour rule could really help us just from a practical standpoint, mm-hmm. uh, apply it to the Christian life going, 
Man, just think if you truly applied the 10,000-hour rule just to being a Christian. <laughs> That's a lot. And, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, but but here's the incredible news, though, be, because the Christian life encompasses all realms of life. So, therefore, every hour of our life should be hmm. this training. Training. Mm-hmm. Um now, uh, now one of the things that I'll get uh, get to, you know, in a couple of, you know, in a, in actually in a few weeks, is that particularly in the Iron Man, you have the training, but then you actually have the event, um, and and then also even when you're training and you're engaged in it, there's some things that you got to do during the training, like you you got to feed, you know, you got to fuel yourself. Mm-hmm. With why you know, so I actually am going to get into that. Like, what does that look like in the Christian life? So, like, mm. when you're in it, you know, how do you fuel your body? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I'm, yeah. so I'm looking forward to that too, just to kind of help. I mean, I'm I'm breaking down endurance, like fragment by fragment, you, you know, of breaking it down. So, so it's fun for me to do that. Awesome. So you started off by you do have. Do you have a plan? You need to have a plan. Yeah. So with everything you're saying about the endurance, the persistence. So, for example, in the Ironman, you have a plan for training. You have a plan for the event. So talk to us a little bit more how in the Christian life to train for endurance, we need to have a plan. Where do you get a plan from? Mm-hmm. Oh, Gus, come, you know. No, well, you, you're the one. Yeah, yeah, you well, answered yeah, the question. Well, yeah. I'm giving the question. Obviously, the Bible is our training plan. Yeah, it's, what, it's our manual. Yes. And, you know, and this is part of where I believe getting, submitting to the right leaders comes in play. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hmm. So they all, they're all connected. Yeah. Because that's one of the reasons why I would say that God calls pastors. Hmm. To help break this down for you. Yeah. Because we may not, I would say, we might not be in a place where we can break it down ourselves. Yeah. So, so you need to be taught. Mm-hmm. Which is why Paul's going to tell Timothy, who's the pastor there at Ephesus, so, he's young. Mm-hmm. Some people think he was in his 30s. Mm-hmm. But you need to preach and teach. Um, and, and then you don't need to let anybody look like you need to set the example. That's so we need to make sure that we're following the right leaders. And so here's the thing. If you're under a leader, this is so this is really good. Mm-hmm. If you're under leadership, that's not challenging you to be more like Jesus. You need to leave that leadership mm-hmm. because part, wow. part, part of the training plan is to help break down the Bible for yes. you yes. so that you can pursue Jesus better. Mm-hmm. So you become more like Jesus. Yes. So so that's where again, you, obviously Jesus is the ultimate shepherd. He's the ultimate leader. Mm-hmm. We're going to look at past leaders to see how they finished, mm-hmm. how they were faithful. But the current leaders, like that's why it's so important. Like part of the training plan is to find leaders who who are going to help make that plan um, uh, clear for you, mm-hmm. so that you actually have clear action steps that you take. To pursue Jesus, mm. so and if you're at a, if again if you're at a church where you're not growing now again this is I'm not saying you're not being challenged I'm just saying like they're not challenging you mm. to grow in your faith to be more like Jesus mm-hmm. and that's the thing because you cannot be more like Jesus on your own like that's why you need the Spirit of God you need power yeah. right yeah. but if if you if you're not challenged. To be more like Jesus, and then if you've been under somebody's leadership for years, and and you've tried to apply yourself from what they've, t- and but you don't look more like Jesus, and you might need to go find another leader. J- just like if you if you're going to a coach that's trying to you know is making you lose weight, and you're doing everything that coach is saying, yeah, then undoubtedly that coach doesn't understand what they're doing. Yeah, right. So, anyways, I, that might be a little tough for people, but I think it's really connected, though. Yes. Well, in it, in it. You know, what you said makes sense in terms of uh, one of the comments you mentioned about plan was the Christian life is the most important life we have. It's the most important race we are running. Mm -hmm. So if we understand that, that this is the most important race we're running, then we will take what you just said seriously. We will take the coach seriously. Well, and I don't – and this is is a sad reality. I just don't know if I'll – I'm sure that there are a lot of people that take the Christian faith seriously, but but there's a lot of people who profess to be a Christian 
that they just see Jesus or church as part of their life, not not the entirety of their life. And again, I'm not saying that the church should be the entirety of your life in the sense that you're always at the church building. That's not what I'm saying. Right, right. But the church being part of the body of Christ and following Jesus, that's all of your life. That's not just a part of what you do. That is who you are now. Mm. And, I, and I just don't think a lot of Christians really fully understand that mm. of what they're – if they profess Jesus, what you're actually professing, it is the race. It's not just a race that, that, that is part of the other races that you're a part of. Yeah. No, it is the race. Yes. And it encompasses, as we looked at even in this mes- you know, message, it encompasses all of life, how you relate, create, operate. Every sphere of life yeah. is the Christian race. So something you did was um, you took the four C's and you broke down the spiritual disciplines and you put them in the four C's. So is there a spiritual discipline that doesn't fit into one of the four C's? Well, uh, actually, I added one and I was like, how did I forget this one? And because I actually put it on the Iron Man. Yeah. And that was rest. So I, I put on the training plan for the Ironman, you do need to rest. Like there are, there are weeks where they call it recovery weeks. Yeah. Uh, you do need to make sure that you're getting plenty of rest too, sleeping and all of that. And obviously the Bible speaks, and we're, we're going to even talk about that later on in, you know, in, in our series. But rest is a discipline. Yeah. And actually that would fit under care of how you care for uh, people and resources. So part of caring for your own body yeah. is is taking care of your body. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you need to rest. Uh, you could even, you know, you could even say, because Paul is actually in this passage says bodily training uh, is of some value. Mm. So caring for your body well. Because mm. uh, elsewhere in Corinthians, Paul is going to say that your body is a temple mm. of the Holy Spirit and you need to be careful what you put in your body. Sure. So I think those are spiritual disciplines that actually fit within that sea of care, that you're caring for what God has given you because you are a good steward mm. of what God's giving you. Mm-hmm. Mm. But I, because I, I, all of those spiritual disciplines I basically took from uh, Donald Whitney, Charles uh, Swindoll wrote a book too. So uh, basically the people who are well known for writing the books on spiritual disciplines I uh, took it, you know, basically took it straight from him. And so as you can tell, we are coming live to you from Colombia. Live, live <laughs> so on location. Live on location at the airport. So have no idea what they said because I don't, I don't speak Spanish. We'll just keep going. But I, that's why I love my Spanish brothers and sisters. Yes. I yes, hope so. the mic uh, picked it up because if not, people are going to go. They're going to be like, what are you talking about? On? Yeah. So There was a loudspeaker overcome. Yeah. Uh, announcement, but yeah. um, so so you went through the process of of taking all the spiritual disciplines and you put them th- into all of the four C's, yeah. and they all had a fit. They do all have a fit, and this is something that I, like I love about the four C's mm. because we did not pull these four C's out of a hat mm. and go, hey, you know, look, <laughs> this sounds great. No, Steady. we took we took we we took all of the mission passages from Genesis to Revelation of what God's people do to participate, engage in his mission. And again, his mission is to redeem a people from all peoples, every tribe, every nation, every tongue, every people group, to reflect his glory in all spheres of life. That's his mission. Mm-hmm. And we and we actually participate in that mission by engaging people to be fully alive in King Jesus through the power of the Spirit. And so when you break that down, okay, so engaging people to be fully alive, or how are we going to do that? Well, we're going, we're going to connect with God and others. We're going to cultivate disciples and leaders. We're going to care for people and resources, and we are going to be commissioned to neighbors and nations. And again, those four C's came from all of these mission mission passages that we brought together. We picked out all of the action verbs, which were about 40 of them, Mm -hmm. and then we condensed those 40 Hmm. verbs into four main verbs of, of, again, connect, cultivate, care, commission. And then it, what, what's so neat, because I was like, you know what, I, because this is what we do. I don't want people to think we're, we do something else. Right. So and then when you, when you put these four big things that we do, and then you look at the spiritual disciplines, and then you overlap them, you're, I'm like, this is amazing. This is, I mean, it really is. It's just, but, but here's the thing, though. This goes back to show you that God's word is perfect, mm. and it perfectly aligns. Mm. So all of the things that we are to do to grow as a 
Christian mm-hmm. actually are part of the four C's of God's people of what they do to accomplish His mission. Mm-hmm. So, so that so listen. Uh, so I'm about to say it as clear as I possibly can. These disciplines are not solely for your individual use, mm-hmm. but for God's global mission. So these disciplines are not just Amen. for your individual use, for you to grow like Christ. They actually show us that they are the tools by which we not only are conformed more into the image of Jesus, but that we are used to point other people to Jesus. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. Can I make a comment on one of the four C's? It's why we're here, because it's commission. That means you go to your neighbors and nations. And sometimes our neighbors are right across the street. For us at Northland, an application here is for commission. There are Brazilians across the street. There are Spanish people across the street. Mm. But here we are in Colombia, and we'll be back in, in, in Orlando, but we're going to be in Brazil. So we are really demonstrating when the commission is that go to your neighbors and nations that we are able to live this out. So your point there, this is not just for me or to say, well, I got a four C's, but it's for others because what we're doing even right now is to be able to take God's mission to other people. Amen. Good comment, Gus. Yeah. Practical application there. That's great. So um, so let's move on to the priorities. Um, you you gave us this idea of uh, of a time inventory, 168 hours in a week. <laughs> you uh, you encouraged us, maybe demanded us to block our time, and to put time in its place. And you gave us um, a beautiful word to say no. It so is t- so a beautiful a word. Bit, talk a little bit more about putting time in its place, and maybe. I know this isn't a new concept for you. I feel like you've been doing this for a while. So um, if our listeners are, um, are new to this concept and are really feel like, man, time is just killing me, right? How would you, how would you encourage them? Um, how has this played out in your life? And uh, how have you seen it really be effective for uh, God's glory? Yeah, so I do block my time out so when I look at my week uh, Monday from basically 8 to 11 that is some prep time for me I also block out uh, time that I'm going to work out Mm -hmm. and you know sometimes I actually block out the morning sometimes I block out the afternoon Mm -hmm. I mean so now I I used to have a little bit more consistent especially when I was training for something and I needed to make sure I hit my time uh, but but now because I'm not I, I'm trying to maintain a base like I can work out in the morning I can work out in the afternoon, and it also fluctuates based upon the season of life that the Laxton family's in. But I block out eight to eleven. Then then I have meetings from eleven thirty to about three, um, and then I usually go home early um, to kind of be with the family. And the thing I really do in terms of blocking out when I'm at home, I'm at home. Mm. And Joni, mm. she had a come to Jesus meeting with me years. I mean, this was early on in ministry. And she's like, if you're going to come home and be on the phone or you're going to be like answering emails, I don't, I don't want you here. Wow. Like you, you do that there, but when you're here, I need you present. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm home, like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm present now. Our kids are older. Uh, so I might, that might mean that I'm sometimes just hanging out in the living room. Uh, but I'm home. I'm present. Mm. So, uh, and then Tuesdays are, uh, and one of the things too that I block out every morning. Uh, so, you know, eight to eleven on Monday, and then really kind of around uh, eight to noon, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And the reason why I block out my mornings from eight to noon now, I, like I can't, like obviously I have a, a, a job that I can. But I block those out because those are my study times. Mm. That's when I'm most fresh. And so I wrote, uh, I read a book uh, a couple years ago called Deep Work, D-E-E-P, Deep Work. Mm-hmm. And it talks about actually block scheduling. And it says the things that only you can do, make sure you give your best time to it. Mm-hmm. So that's why I give Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, mm-hmm. 8 to noon, to study. 
because that's act. I mean, that's a pro- going back to priorities. That's a priority for me yeah. because I need to make sure that I'm on my. I'm giving God my A game mm. uh, because I want to be able to give people my A game on mm. the weekend. Mm. Uh, and then I have meetings. Um, and then I, you know, Julie, my executive assistant, she really helps me with that. So again, I just block out my my time. And so that's that's kind of where I would say you know you start with what must I do? These are things I have to do. Mm. And sometimes like you, you know there are things that like uh, what I should do. Like, like I know I should be with people, and so that's a priority for me. Uh, but I also know that uh, what must I do? I gotta, I gotta give time to my family first. Mm-hmm. So I got all, you know, I got, I got all of their extracurricular activities, and so that's why sometimes, like I've I told the church, and I continue to want to let the church know that if you ever want to go out with Joni and I, we are accessible. Mm-hmm. Now that also might mean you, you have to wait maybe a month, two, three. Just because of just, how, but that's what I should do. I, I want to do that. Uh, and then what could I do? You know, yeah. so if I had some time. So, yeah. um, but that, those are how I really just schedule, you know, kind of that in terms of blocking time. And, you know, th- to be honest, though, there are times where I don't leverage my idle time the way I, you know, way I should. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, especially if I find a show on Netflix that I really like. <laughs> like Suits. Like suits, yeah. And Joni's like, "This suits is killing me." <laughs> you know, she's like, "When are you going to be done?" And I said, "I should be done by the time I get back from from Brazil." So Kaylee so. threatened to uh, watch it without me while I was. Oh yeah. Here, so we'll see. Yeah, I mean, so here's the thing: like, it's not my favorite, so I'll just be very, you know, I, I've. I watched, you know, I I had watched so much of it that I'm like, I just need to finish it and see where it goes. <laughs> That's it, it's like it's like depressed. It, it is. It's, it's, it. it's a drama. It's a depressing drama. Of I, I I'm I'm assuming of really how our, our cultural context mm. operates in the corporate world, and it's a dog eat dog type of context. And I'm like, I don't yeah. like this at all. Mm. I mean, it's just depravity, mm. and so, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I'm getting off topic, but that's okay. We're we're in an airport. We can get off topic all all we want. So you you move on to priorities, and you were talking there about time. You talked about how people use their time. You know, you fill your time, you kill your time. Yeah, yeah. That was very um, challenging. Stretch that yeah. a little bit more. For well, me. yeah. I, you know, actually, when I when, when I basically came up with those fillers, stillers, and killers, killers, I was like, I wonder if anybody else has said that because I want to be able to give them credit or see what they said, and I couldn't find it anywhere. I mean, there were some there were some people that you know did say that you waste your time because that's usually how we at least articulate it. And so, uh, I mean, you could really build those out uh, a lot. I mean, if you think about things that you just fill your time. You, you know, with and and what I mean by fillers are fluffy. Like the, the, there's no substance there. Mm-hmm. You know, to that's why busyness. You can be like a you can be like a mouse in a wheel, uh, but it ain't going anywhere. You know, you're burning all those calories, but you ain't, you ain't going anywhere. And that's where I you know talk about shooting the breeze. Mm-hmm. Is that you, you know, um, like when you get alone with the Lord, are you just kind of in some sense shooting the breeze? Mm-hmm. So that, that's why sometimes why having a prayer journal might help so that you're not shooting the breeze, that you're being very intentional. What, what am I praying for? And then you can kind of go back. And, and right now, I just full disclosure, I, I don't have a prayer journal right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are things that I'm praying through, but yeah. this is a way where you're just not, you, you know, you're just not praying, you know, just out of, out of the blue. Yeah. But that there's some intentionality behind it. Uh, and then time stealers. I mean, uh, so someone asking you to do something. Is, it's like the tyranny of the urgent. Just because someone asks you to do something doesn't mean that you have to say yes to it. That's right. Because that can actually be a time stealer. Uh, because you've dropped what you've done. To, now, now, again, there's some time, there's some things that when someone asks you to do it and it's and it's an emergency and it's an ur- like it's an urgent need. So and so's in the hospital. They may not make it. Okay, you drop what you're doing. You go right. You you know. uh, But so, but you have to be. And this is part of where the discipline of discernment comes in. Mm. Is that you have to discern what is what is good and right 
at that moment. Because it might be good, it might be right at another moment, but if you do it right then, it might steal you from still the time that you need to do something. So that, that could be something, you know, I, you know, I, I talk about, you know, the endless social media, uh, sure. scrolling, um, some other things that, you know, I talk about notifications on, you, you know, your phone's pinging you to death. Yeah. I mean, so again, these are all things that obviously I'm, I'm probably even telling on myself mm-hmm. all, on, you know, where you're constantly picking it up. You're, you know, like, and, and I think even that your phone, I, I know the iPhone does. Now, these Android people, I don't know. So just kidding for my Android friends out there. But it can it can detect how many times you pick up your phone. I think so, yeah. And, and so that that's a time stealer because one of the reasons why we pick up our phone with notifications or we go to social media or we check our text messages is it it, it literally is an addictive behavior oh, yeah. because it's feeding i think endorphins mm-hmm. where it's making us feel a certain way but what it's ultimately doing though is it's stealing your time and then the, those time killers. I mean, the, the, the two. I think the two bigger ones is the ones that I did say. I mean, it's it's harboring unforgiveness. It's worrying because you're spending your time worrying about something that either happened, yeah. something that might happen. You're waiting for the shoe to drop, and so you're just. I just hope this doesn't happen, you know. And so you just you're sitting there building that anxiety, mm-hmm. building that worry, mm-hmm. and it's actually killing your time mm-hmm. because that's all you can think about is that. And then if you cannot, if you're, if you have something against your brother or sister, or if you have something against your family uh, member, maybe mom, maybe brother or sister, and it's just eating you, mm. guess what? The only thing you can think about is how much you hate what they did yeah. or how much you want to get back at them. Mm-hmm. And what that is actually doing is killing your time. Yeah. Because now you uh, – and here's another, and um, maybe this would be a um, – a time it could be either a time filler or a time stiller. I don't know which category I would put it on, but it's called multitasking. And I know Americans try to multitask. Yeah. But if you read the book Deep Work, it's actually going to have a section on really multitasking and how it's bad for you. Yeah. And which is why he talks about doing block scheduling, mm-hmm. because if you if you try to drop one task, go to another, drop that task, go to another. They they talk about, uh, uh, gosh, what do they call it? Something residue mm-hmm. where you haven't fu- you cannot fully devote yourself to this new thing because your mind is still on the old thing. Mm-hmm. And so that that could actually be a, a time, ste- you know, stealer. Yeah. Where if yeah. you're trying to multitask throughout the day, mm-hmm. then you have all of these residue points where you cannot fully devote your time to. And uh, so when you look at these kind of time stealers of the the multitasking and, and the residue, this can happen in spiritual disciplines. Mm-hmm. Because when you get alone with the Lord and you want to read the Word, what what typically happens? Mm-hmm. Well, I got to do this, got to you know. And oh, so yeah. what the, you're multitasking in your mind, and you cannot devote that full your full attention to the Lord. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's so important to kind of block out those times. And you know what? I'm, I'm going to turn my phone off. I'm going to turn all of this off. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going – and if, even if it's five minutes, because this is where – I did make a statement at, at the 11 o'clock, and I'll apply it personally. But I did say, you know, could it be – you know, something to the effect of – you know, long sermons, and I, and again, I don't, I don't get a lot of. I mean, I, I've gotten a couple of things, you know, over the last couple of months about, oh, you preach too long, but I, I don't mind that. But what what I do see in our culture is that we train our our buttocks and our mind to endure what we want that want want them to. So we can sit and watch a three-hour Avatar movie. We can sit and we can read a book if we really love reading. We can sit and watch a, a you know, listen to a an extended uh, long podcast. Mm-hmm. I mean, so we, we can do all of that. And so, but that's where I'm like, you do have to train. I do do think it's a training mechanism, mm-hmm. uh, and part of that training is the discipline part. So that's why when you're going to get alone with the with the Lord, reading His Word, when you're going to pray, silence and solitude, uh, when you're going to get like you, you're going to have to de- like you're going to have to discipline yourself and devote yourself to if you can, if you only have five minutes, make sure you give Him 
quality five minutes. Mm. Okay, so so again, that don't multitask God. Maybe that that would be a good way of saying it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's a great way of saying it. We we live in such a distracted time. All of us are distracted all the time. Even you know, we're reading the Bible on our phone, and we could get distracted that way, or um, it's just so pervasive, and and that's why. Um, that's why that, that point about, you know, the Christian life is the most important race we are running helps so much to put things in a perspective. You know, it's not just one of the races we are running with all of the other good things that are happening. It is the most important race we are running. And if we truly believe that, then does our plan, do our priorities, does the power, all of that, does it follow? Mm-hmm. And, um, and so often, like, what happens is we can say, yes, at some point in our life it did, or yes, we were good. But then that idea of persistence is just such a, such a challenge. Yeah. Um, so we have, we have three of these do's that, that we haven't got to yet. Let me just kind of lay out all three of these and see which ones we want to uh, talk about. So, so for power, we talked about Proverbs 26, that you might be lazy if... Um, you know, you got into our got into our feelings there a little bit. Um, progress, you said. Can the closest ones around you see progress? Um, something I'll say there is um, when you said that, I thought about you know how is it being on the other side of you, hmm. right? We were at a, um, a a leadership summit a couple weeks ago, and that was that was kind of a common theme. So when you talked about progress, that's a that's a great thing. And then the last one was perspective. Uh, when I show up to train the faith, am I, I am demonstrating my salvation. So what are some, some thoughts, um, additional comments well, for just, any just of to those read, three? Pro- yeah, just to read Proverbs 26, 13 okay. through 16. Just the sluggard, so the lazy person says, mm-hmm. there is a lion in the road. There is a lion in the street. So basically, I can't go out. <laughs> like I, you know, I can't do anything. Like, mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm just going to stay put. To be fair, that sounds like a good reason not to go out. Yeah, but that lion ain't going to stay in that road forever. <laughs> That's true. I'm just going to stay here for a yeah, little bit. Yeah, I mean, lions do roam. Yeah. Uh, and even Peter puts, you know, points that out is yeah, that the Satan lion. or Satan is like a roaring lion, lion uh, seeking yeah. whom he like he's yeah he's, he he's yeah he's looking for a lion. Well, I can go and look lion. I saw a lion yesterday. He's probably still out there. You know. So no, no, no. Like, and then we see verse fourteen as a door turns on its hinges, so mm. does a lazy sluggard on his bed. Yeah. Like, uh, so you lay around all day doing nothing productive. Mm-hmm. You just want to lay around. Like, and again, you can either be lazy or you have not balanced your life in a healthy way where you can do nothing productive mm-hmm. because you're always tired. Mm-hmm. But again, that's, that's a sign of laziness because you haven't, guess what you haven't done? You haven't planned. You haven't prioritized. Yes. And so, therefore, you can't show up with power. Woo! Man, yeah. that now, I am it preaching moved on. It moved in on. the Bogota, not the Bogota, Bogota. Bogota. Oh, that's where I'm getting Bogota. Like, it, no, Bodega. No, Bodega. I'm getting, that's that. Anyways, so to, to my Colombian sisters and yeah. brothers, I'm really, really sorry. So, <laughs> Bogota. You, Bogota. Anyways, so, but I'm preaching in Bogota. Yeah. Like, cause, uh huh. All right, go, go, going right along. Uh, verse fifteen, the the sluggard or the lazy buries his hand in the dish, mm-hmm. and it wears him out to bring it back to his mouth. Like, I'm like, hey, that sucker got to be pretty doggone lazy. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I mean, yeah, I'm I'm trying to picture that too. It's like I'm trying to get a drink of my coffee right here, but I'm so bad. I can't. Oh. I mean, like, yeah, so that's where I put you are ludicrously lethargic in the most basic of tasks. The most basic of tasks is eating. Yes. Sucker can't even eat. He's he's so lazy. So, and then the the last is the sluggard is wiser in his own eyes than seven men who can answer sensibly. Mm. Mm. I mean, so again, there's nothing wrong with me. Yeah. I mean, come on, I'm perfect. Right. Like, man, I mean, my wife's blessed yeah. to have me. What is she talking about? I mean, so, I mean, like, 
that again, those are just from from the, the book of Proverbs. Like you mm. might be lazy if so. I, I think that's a, again just when you think about power, you show up, mm. and sometimes that is a that, that is a a mental discipline mm. because yes, physically mm. you feel tired, mm. but you're going to show up. And you're going to make every effort. And that's something that you have to speak into your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, one of the things that I, I didn't say, but I definitely wanted to say it here, is that let your physical, mental, and emotional power of, of discipline, I'm going to show up and do it, let it partner with the power of the Spirit. Amen. Mm. Because the Spirit, greater is He who is in you than He who is in the world. Mm-hmm. So, so, but that's going to take discipline. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to partner with the power that Jesus gave me, mm-hmm. and I might not feel like it, but I'm going to do it, mm-hmm. and I'm going to make every effort. And you know, so, so I think that that's something that I would just want to point out. Uh, the, the progress, I think, is a, a really just a point, you know, important point where. All right, so again, you're looking at how you relate to the Lord, how you relate to others. Mm. Uh, so, so won't you let the Lord take some progress inventory for you, Lord? Start looking at how how your life is, uh, and let Him speak to you. You, you know, how's my holiness? Mm-hmm. Mm. How's my purity? Mm-hmm. Mm. How's my mental and emotional well being? Mm. Like all you know, all those things. Let let Him let Him speak to you because He will. He will. Because we're going to talk about the dis, you know discipline in a couple of weeks. Like he will discipline you mm-hmm. if you let him. Um, and then ask again. Ask your spouse. If you're a man, ask ask your wife, babe. How am I doing loving you like Jesus loved the church? Mm-hmm. How can I improve? Mm-hmm. And here's a here's a here's one. Ask your children. Hey. <laughs> Now again, you you have to practice. Sermon. How can I? How can I love you? How can I encourage you more? How can I improve in those areas? Mm-hmm. Uh, telling you, uh, and and then I mean, and, and then when you look at work, I mean, again, let the the spirit of God let other people ask your boss, mm-hmm. ask ask a coworker. Have you see you you see any ways that I can improve? I mean, so why? Because you want to excel. Like you, perfection that we're not pursuing perfection. We're pursuing Jesus. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so when we're asking for feedback, we're we're wanting to see how we can actually reflect Jesus more and, and showing up in these ways. So, and, and then you talked about per, you know kind of perspective. I, I think that I, you know I I didn't really have a lot to say. Um, but I just and I did put discipline demonstrates one's enduring faith while also directing others to enter into and endure the faith. Uh, God can use your discipline to give others direction, and God uses your faithfulness and training to produce fruit in other people's training. Um, and so, going back to the soil that produced the crop thirty, yeah. sixty, a hundred. Yeah, this is actually like this idea of perspective. That's it. Yeah. Is that you have to maintain that perspective that in your training, you are demonstrating the fruit of righteousness that lives in you. So, thus, you're demonstrating the presence and power of Jesus in your life, mm-hmm. and then you're also directing other your your, your discipline is actually the catalyst of the investment into directing other people to produce fruit. So that's the 30, 60, 100 fold. So that's, again, if if you really want to know if you are of the fertile soil, like, again, these these are not independent. These messages are not independent of one another. They really do build upon one another. And so maintaining that perspective that when I show up, and I have my plan, my priorities. I have that power. I'm progressing. I'm keep, I'm keeping this perspective because God's doing something. Mm. He's doing something. He's doing something in me, and He's doing something actually in others through, through my faithfulness. Amen. And it's in yeah. my faithfulness God produces fruitfulness. Amen. So the thing about the Iron Man training in my faithfulness to show up. It was producing fruit, uh, but in the spirit, you know, in the spiritual realm, in the Christian life, the fruit that is produced, any good thing, 
that comes from our life, where does it come from? Mm. James tells us it comes from the hand of God. So, so our faithfulness, mm. Mm. God uses it to produce fruitfulness. Mm. Amen. So, Amen. Well said. Yeah, that last point is just so helpful in reminding us that this is not um, an individual endeavor, right? Um, it's, it's for the benefit of others. And, um, and yeah, I thought that was a, a wonderful point about the power. And um, it, has to be, um, it has to be through the power of the Spirit. But there is, um, you know, we, we have to show up. And, um, and we don't want to, um, to move into this legalism, but we also don't. Um, we, we have to kind of, I think, snap ourselves out of, of this just, um, you know, this add-on, right? This, this Christian life is just something that we get to do. It's an easy thing. Um, and, yeah, I just keep going back to the it's the most important race we are running. Um, and that's why this message was sobering because, um, because for, for many of us, that's a, that's a challenging, um, you know, well-received reminder, but, but challenging nonetheless. Yeah. Well, if you think about it when, and I get this, like when you, you want to challenge your children to, to be better, to do something, they might have that immediate reaction of bowing up Mm. or when a coach like, you know, I remember, you know, growing up, like I had some coaches that would just get in my face, chew me out, you, you know, and, you know, hurt. You know, I want to, you know, I want to bow up. And, yeah. And so I know that there, you know, messages like these, there's there's almost like this defense mechanism that immediately yeah. uh, that that arises. But if you just let, let the Lord sit with you mm. in that discomfort because here's another thing that I know that we don't like is that we don't like to sit in discomfort mm. and a series like this might make us really uncomfortable sure, yeah. and yeah. and so therefore we want to immediately overcome the feeling of discomfort but no I think this is again part of and again that's why I can't wait till the the next message when I talk about Really, the you know you can call it discomfort, you can call it tension, you can call it stress, you can call it pain, you can call it suffering—things that we do not like. But it's actually in those things. Oh my gosh, God's doing something. So I, I'm telling you, I'm I'm just yeah, mm. I'm I might lose it, like in a good way, in, in you know in that message because it it's going to be such a hope and encouragement mm. and a completely life-changing way of, of viewing those things that we typically don't like, even tough messages, because it's in those, if we sit in them, mm. if we sit in them, mm-hmm. yeah. God's actually going to, God's actually doing something. Yes. So, yes. so can't wait to flesh that out. Well, Northland family and friends, it has been a joy coming yep. to you from, where are we coming from? Bogota. Bogota. Live on location. Live on location at Bogota from the Samsung Business Office <laughs> yes. here at the Avianca Lounge. Yes. Yep. So, Northland, we love you. Cannot wait to see you when I get back. Blessings. Thanks for listening to Extra Takes. Be sure to follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts so you won't miss a single episode.